Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Thank you for coming tonight. I'm in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, going to launch words we, which we... Which uh, words we use which aren't in the Bible, and tonight it's rapture. It's rapture. It's not in the Bible, and it's in the in the free will Baptist circle. It's controversial because the old the old free will Baptists are not premillennialist by any means or stretch of the imagination. And the, look here, if you can't disagree with somebody and still love them, something's wrong with you. And uh, look, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that, that, that other churches do things we don't do or that, that we don't have the exact same thoughts on certain things that I've been teaching on for the last little while. That doesn't bother me none. And if that bothers you, something's wrong. Now, now, I'm not talking about getting outside the circle of the blood. Look, the book, the blood, and the blessed hope. You get outside that, we're not on the same team. If it's some other way, you're trying to come in like a thief or a robber other than through Christ, then we're not talking about the same thing. But if you're talking about born again, praise God, serving the Lord, loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, being baptized, you need to be baptized. The Baptists are the ones that's leaving off being baptized. What's happened to us? Hey, need to be baptized. First you're baptized by the Spirit and then in the water. Bless God, put you in the body. And if you can do that, Jesus died for the sin of the world, rose the third day, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. We, I, you and I are on the same team. Now, some would even disagree with that because I pastor a free will Baptist church. I don't, got, I don't have time to waste my time with those, those guys. I'm not wasting my time with them. They don't pick a fight and argue. I tell them to go out there and find them a street pole somewhere, a light pole, and just talk to it for a little while. I'm not listening to them. But you want to talk about something constructive, about getting somebody saved or a work that the Lord's doing or the grace that Pat just testified about. Now, I've got, we got something to talk about then. First Thessalonians chapter 4, you know where I'm going, verse 16 through 18. I'll pray we'll get started on this. And I quote this all the time, but look at it on the page if you would. There's a reason that he said it is written. It's not printed, though it's printed on this page, but it's written, for, it's settled forever in heaven. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. That means it's not the angels, it's his voice, but it's like the archangel. And with the trump of God... And the dead in Christ shall rise first. This shows that Paul thought he might be alive when the rapture occurred. Then we, Paul used the word we there, considering himself, maybe he'd get caught up in that. He's about 2,000 years off. Listen, that just goes to show who it is that's doing the writing here. Now he's pinned it on the page with the Holy Ghost. This is inspired words. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Father, I love you. Thank you for this night what you've done, what I felt in my heart. Thank you for that marvelous grace. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of God forever. 
Thank you, Lord, that I'm just an old play. Praise God. Oh, God, thank you for mending and patching the clay. You don't throw it away, Lord. We pray, God, that you would bless this word. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Help me be accurate in the scripture tonight. Bless your people for your cause. I ask it in my Jesus' name. Je Holy Christ. Amen. amen. And amen. Uh, so this word here, this, uh, the word caught up is harpar. Harpazo, let me look at it. I can say harpazo, harpazo in the Greek. Here's what it means. Now, somebody's going to say, You're not going to find that word in the Bible. That's exactly right. We won't find that word. We won't find them other words I've been teaching on here on Wednesday nights either. But that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't speak to it. Are you with me? Harpazo, it means to seize or to catch up, catch a way up. It means to take by force. Now that's big right there. See, now I'm going somewhere right here briefly. If we won't, we won't get six chapters into the word of God and we find in, in Genesis 5 and 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now that is a picture before you get to the sixth chapter of Genesis, that is a picture of what occurs on down the road. Remember the, 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 the law first mentioned, when it's first mentioned in the Word of God, generally it follows that theme all the way through the book. And if not, then it'll give you the exception or it, the Bible's its own best commentary. And, and it'll tell you, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a parenthetical statement if I might use that. I said, Joe Arthur's church and David Crow said that, and Joe said, what does that mean? Like, yeah, right. But he puts it in parentheses out to the side to clarify it, but so, so it makes it understandable. So we have that right off the bat in the, in the beginning of the book. There we see somebody taken up. Now, uh, I, I, I've never had any trouble with that. But if you want to see, if you want to, if you want to let it illustrate itself a little more, when was Enoch taken up? Prior to the flood. So before the global judgment. Before the global judgment. And listen, my friends, if folks try to tell you that the, the coming, they don't believe it. They love the word apocalypse. Uh, 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 and, but if, if they try to tell you that it's only centered in the Middle East and it's not going to affect the entire globe, they're wrong. They're wrong. So here we have, we look at Enoch and he's, he's, he's taken out before the judgment. We go to Genesis 19, 1 through 16. We see this, we see Lot taken out before the destruction. Lot's Lot's just hanging out. Lot's lost his testimony. Nobody will listen to him because he's hanging with the sinners. He's sitting in the gate at Sodom. He's just going along to get along and not try to upset the apple cart. That's what Lot's doing. Sounds like the American church today. Just go along. long as the crowd comes, give them coffee, donuts, put an ATM in the, in the 
Before you're out there, I thought about that. That wouldn't be a bad way. Nobody carries cash anymore. I bet our offerings would go up 20% if we put one out there. Just ka-ching it when you come through the door. Here we got Lot's wife. It's hung up on the things behind her. God knows what she's doing when she looks back. She wants to go back. He just, poof. There's a pillar of salt. How about that? Leave you right there. It's meltdown time. First time you'll find the word fire in the Bibles when it's concerning Sodom and Gomorrah. And, 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 and I'm not being homophobic for those who will see this on the internet. I love everybody. I want everybody to be saved. I want them to be saved. But there's evidence of being saved and remaining in your sin after salvation is not evidence of salvation. Just how it is. Where'd you learn that? Out of this book. That's where I got it. So here we have Lot before destruction. But here, I got this today. I don't even know who I was reading after. But this might be the one that just solidifies it. Just puts it in there for me. I mean, I know Enoch was taken. Lot was pulled out by the arm of the angel. He couldn't have stayed if he wanted to by force. But I got to Exodus today. Exodus chapter 20. Uh, when I, I, it's, it's, it's when, when in Exodus 20, we got to commandments. Exodus 17, God told him, he said, look here, you can smite that rock. Exodus 17 is where it's at. He said, you can smite that rock and that water rock will give you water. And I just preached on this in West Virginia. But then when you get to Numbers 20, when you get to Numbers 20, here's what God said to Moses. He said, just speak good. Just speak to the rock. Now, Paul tells us that that rock that provided the water was Christ. He tells us the rock was Christ. So we know who the rock represents. The Bible's its own best commentary. So then in Numbers, when we see this, when he said, don't you, and, and here's what Moses done. He's a typical pastor. He responds in a bad way because he's mad at the congregation. Amen. And he smites the rock. Now, who's that rock picture of? What did he tell him not to do? Just speak. The rock's never going to be smitten again. Now, watch this. You can't smite that rock again. That's the reason the penalty was so harsh on Moses. He could see the land, but God didn't let him cross over into it until 1,500 years later, and he let him come over on Mount Tabor and meet with Jesus. And he said, I finally made it. But watch this. If I'm in Christ and Christ is in me and the penalty was that harsh on Moses for smiting that rock and I'm in him and he's in me, do you think God's going to smite us? If he does, I'm not in him. If he does... If he smites me, 
I'm not in Christ. I'm telling you, chew on that for a minute. That's going to help you about this time tomorrow. When that sinks in, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. We are, he said, you will know that I am in you and you are in me. And I'm in the Father and we're one. Do you think that God is going to smite? The, do you think I would smite Jobeth? Are you kidding? I'd die for that girl. Ain't nobody going to smite her when I'm around. Do you think God is going to smite the bride of his only begotten son? If you do, your noodle's wet. You've lost him. There's no way. There's no way that a holy God is going to smite the bride of his son. Now he may chasten us. Is anybody with me? We have two things. And that's all, I'm, I'm done. I, I knew this wouldn't take me 30 minutes tonight. Two things. One, one is this. We have the promise of the Savior. Randy's verse. I've heard Randy preach this and quote it a lot of times. John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You believe in God. What did he say? Be believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and he did, to prepare a place for you, I love this line. I will come again. I will come again. And I'll receive you unto myself. I'll receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. So we could be part of the we which remain or are still alive. Now, I may go by the way of the grave. I don't know. We may be, we don't know what we're carrying around inside our body right now. You don't know. You may go to the doctor next week and they tell you you're terminal or you might, you might live to be 100 years old. We don't know. I'm with you, Tony. I don't care nothing about being here 100 years. I said that Tony went... <laughs> So we have the promise of the Savior. Then we have the preparation of the saints. I'm going to give you. First, listen, listen real close. And if anybody's watching. You must be born again. You cannot. Listen. You cannot go and enjoy heaven unless you've been born into the family of God. That is, that's one of the cardinal doctrines of this book is everything was pointing to the Lamb of God that was going to take away the sin of the world from the first sacrifice that was made. God received the one made that gave blood and he didn't receive the one that didn't. Then he tells us in Leviticus the life's in the blood. And we know that. So we, we have, you must be born again. You can't, this just goes without saying, you can't be reborn unless you have been born. So it takes a natural birth and then it takes a spiritual birth to be born again. And you can, look, and, and they, for, they blame us, talked about free will Baptist, and I'm not a repeat reject. You can't be saved but one time. Now that apostasy I was talking about a couple of weeks back, that's, 
that's, a, that's not another birth. That's a death. But if you, you can't be saved but one time. Are you with me? How many times could you be naturally born? Same way spiritually. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. There, there the Bible gives commentary on what Jesus was talking about. So we have the new birth. Now, what is the next event that I believe? I'm listening to prophecy stuff all the time, and I get you can listen to too much of it. I have to be careful. Say, God, I don't, I, I, because you get to looking too far to the future, you forget about now. Are you with me? He didn't save us to just sit down on the bench and say, I'm done. That's it. He saved us to work. You work out your own salvation with what? A plus. With fear and trembling. So I, the most elementary Christian knows that they need to do that. God's got something for you to do. So and, and people are, are bad about it. Well, I can't sing. He don't need any more singers. He's got a bunch of singers. He got a bunch of singers. He needs some people with them right there. That's what he needs. Put their hand to the plow. That's what he's looking for. So it's not, it's not, well, I can't teach or I can't preach or I can't sing. People just say that because that's what they see in the church. We're the ones up front most of the time. But it's not the ones up. What if we the only ones was here was the ones up front? They wouldn't be nobody else. We'd not, there'd be no need for us to be here. Are you, is anybody with me? So we got to be careful watching too much prophecy. Looking, I mean, I'm praying Jesus come the next 15 minutes. If Jesus come in the next 15 minutes, are you going? I mean, praise God, they'll just find a pile of, a pile of clothes here and some implants. They'll be laying here wrapped up in my clothes. You ain't taking them artificial joints with you. You're not going to need them. Eyeglasses, all that stuff. Won't need them. They're not going. So we, so look, concerning the rapture, real quick, real quick, 2 Timothy 4 and 1. You're just a few pages over from it right there. Just flip, flip to your left. Now Paul's writing the last, I mean this is Paul's last words to, the, to, to Timothy and, and for us. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick? Who's the quick? The living. And the dead. Who's the dead? The unsaved. Or, look, you may be saved and not be too quick. You might be kind of slow and the older you get, the slower you'll get. But you're alive. He'll judge those. He hath quickened you who were dead in trespass and sin. So the quick, he'll judge the quick and the dead, the lost. We were dead in trespass and sin. So he's judging the, the saved and the lost. And when's he going to do it? At his appearing and. That's big right there. Not, the, not at his appearing of. We have two separate events here. Yeah. 
at his appearing and his kingdom. So there's a judgment taking place of the living, the saved, the lost, the dead. At his appearing, as his appearing. Now, when does he judge those at his appearing? We go before, when we, we find it in the Bible, the, the judgment seat of Christ is the bema. It is the seat of Christ. Randall gave reference to it earlier of all the things we've done in this body, whether they be good and bad. That's in the body of Christ. So, there is a judgment. There is judgment to us. Not lost or saved, but loss, loss, L-O-S-S. And rewards, it'll be there. Resurrection of the just and the unjust. So here we see we see two events. We see his appearing and we see his kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom constitution says that. Now, we we go on down. We go on down to verse number eight. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, the day of the Lord. And not to me only, but to all them that, what? Love is appearing. I'm looking for his appearing. Now, we want to go to Titus 2 and 12. You just keep flipping to your left. You'll flip a couple pages. You'll be over there at Titus. And, and here's the grace of God that brings us salvation hath appeared to all men. We've been singing about grace tonight. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I wish I could say that I could put a check mark beside them and say I'm always in that place. Now here's the difference in a lost man and a saved man. I want to be in that place. I want to be in that place. The lost man don't care whether he's in that place or not. He don't have nothing for that place. Brother John, I want to be in that place. That's where I want to be. Glory to God. Help me, Lord. Who gave, <laughs> looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to get into the rest of that. But here again, we see his what? Appearing. We see the appearing. Now I'm going. I'm coming back. So we this. So here we have in in these next events after the new birth, we have the learning. There's some things we need to learn to grow in the grace and the knowledge. Don't listen. When someone first gets saved, don't you expect them to to be able to walk in the spirit like Jimmy Pleasant, who's been at it for a long time. It don't happen. And when they stumble, don't you throw rocks at them. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. If you got an alt, you fix it. And if, listen, you do what you need to do. Say some things to learn. So we begin to learn about this. We begin to look. But then Hebrews 9.28, Hebrews 9.28, you can flip there if you'd like to. But it's, a, it's just real quick. 9.28 says this. So Christ wants 
offered to bear the sins of many unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now the first time he became sin for us who knew no sin. But that day's over. He only done that one time. He's not doing that anymore. Are you with me? So we... So what does that do? We have the learning. Now we're looking. We're looking. I'm looking. Brother Randall, I'm looking. First Thessalonians 1.10. You're going to have to go back a page or two now. Back. Turn to your right. First Thessalonians 1 and 10 says this. Now, we're, look, we're looking. We're looking. We're looking. Yeah, but the tribulation hadn't started. That's right. Praise God. And I'm still looking. And here we have it. First Thessalonians. Now, give me good getting the right chapter. 1 and 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, that's a present statement. You know what that's saying? It's already done. It's already done. Delivered. Not going to. Not going to. He delivered us from the wrath to come. Not the tribulation of this world. Not the persecution. Not the suffering that, that people's going to do. That live justly in Christ. Righteously. But from the wrath of God. And I heard a guy the other day say this. He and I don't agree on everything. But he's, he's a pretty sharp fellow. And here's what he said. Some of you may have saw this. He said when he asked people, are you saved? And when they say from what? He says from God. That's good. Not. I'd say from God. You need to be saved to God. But you need to be saved from God. From what? From the wrath to come. That's good, isn't it? That's an answer. Next time somebody asks you that, say from what? Say from God. You need to be saved from Him. I don't make no sense. Then the door's open. You got a chance to talk to Him. Romans 5 and 9. Mike Blanton and I, Mike's favorite verse is 5 and 8. Now tell him we, we, when we quote this, we quit one short. <clears throat> and five and eight says, but we, God commends the love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then. You mean much, much more than what? Much more than him dying for us. Much more then. This is strong right here. Being now justified. I'm not waiting until next week. I'm not waiting until the end of the road. I am now justified. Being now justified. How? By his blood. What am I going to do? We shall be saved from wrath through him. If I'm going to go through the tribulation period, I've got to rip that page out of the book. Saved from wrath. Saved from the wrath of God. Isn't that good? 
But look who look how it happens. It's only through him. It's not through an organization. It's through him. I'm trying to quit. One more. One more. Now we go back to where I began. First Thessalonians. Verse 4. This is the leaving. We have the learning. We have the looking. In these next events. In our life. Once we're saved. But one of these days we've got the leaving. Then, I'll just do 16 or 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now people say, people say that's just referring to the resurrection. But he's very specific where we meet him. So you tell me that he's going to pull me up out of the ground. Take me into the air and then bring me back. Not right then. Seven years later. I'm going to the chapel. We got a wedding. It's going to be the best wedding I ever do. Because I'm going to be participant and not the guy doing the work. Going to a wedding. Going to answer for the things I've done, which is too many. But then we're going to feast. Then we're going to feast. So there's no way he takes me up and then slings, brings us right back to the earth. That's ridiculous. He takes, he takes me up to take me somewhere. That's exactly right. And th- th- that is answered in 1 Corinthians 15 and, and 51. I'll read it so I won't misquote something. And and 15 and 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be all be changed. Paul's still using that we word. He's thinking, I'm in on this. No, Paul, they're going to cut your head off. And you're going to be one of the first that rise. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. And the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on. What's that word Jimmy? Goodbye to the hurting flesh. Hello to the brand new body. Now people say. People say when we do funerals. They'll say well. And I believe there is a. Soul body. There is, a, there is a body to the soul. It isn't just a mass of glob out there floating around up in glory somewhere. They are recognizable. And it's much like, it's much like Jesus when he said, don't touch me yet. But then there is a, there is a glorified body. And I'm going to close with this. 1 John 3, 1 and 12. Behold what manner of the love the Father has bestowed upon us that... We should be called the sons of God. And the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now. So now I'm now justified. I am now, beloved, now are we the sons of God. That's not a question. Now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, Dennis, I've I've not seen it yet. 
But we know that when he shall appear, when he shall what? When he shall what? Appear, we shall be like him. That's when 1 Corinthians 15, 52 takes place. And this mortal, praise God, this robe of flesh I'll drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. And I'll shout while passing through the air, farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. So this, this gets the latest, greatest, brand new model. All the bells and whistles. Not an ache, a pain, a problem forevermore. Runs on the spirit, but it can have food if it wants to. How about that? Mike Blanton shouts right there every time. He can eat all the cornbread and soup beans he wants and not have to worry about his diabetes. You don't know something? Come to the for me, Do you know the Mississippi River's drying up? Say, so what? Do you know what that could do for the bread shortage? Do you know it's 60-something percent of the grain in America travels down that river? Do you know what that can do for the bread shortage? That man don't live by bread alone, but you won't get a hamburger at McDonald's if they ain't got a bun. You know what that could do if God don't start sending some rain in a short period of time? Do you think the famines and all the things of revelation is just something written in an old book not coming to pass. You see Russia attacking Ukraine right now. Putin don't even know why he's done it. God's put the hook in his jaw. Drawing him right out that this prophecy will come true. Why are you telling us all that, preacher? Because if I'm saved from the wrath to come. Now, look here. Look here. He didn't tell me I wouldn't have to deal with some pestilence. We already been through one round of that with COVID. There's a new one on the horizon. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be something else. It'll be something else. It may take me out. I don't know. God didn't take me this time, but he will take me. He will take me. I'm, that's okay. I'm not afraid of leaving. I'm not afraid of leaving. Bless God, I'm not afraid of leaving. I know where I'm going. I've driven from this church to my house so many times I can nearly do it with my eyes closed. I wouldn't try it, but I nearly could. But I'm sure how to get there. But as sure as I am about getting our little house after church tonight, I'm more sure. I'm more sure about getting to heaven than I am making it home tonight. I'm more sure. Praise God. And, and, should the Lord not come tonight and he take me by the way of the grave, then one of these days this dust that settled back to the earth. Somebody said, you're going to be cremated? I said, no, I want all my bones piled up in one spot. Make it as easy on God as I can. But the old black preacher said this. When the skin worms have destroyed my body. And the chicken eats the worm. 
And the hawk eats the chicken. And the eagle eats the hawk. He said, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He knows where it's at. He knows where it's at. Are you saved tonight? Are you sure that, are you sure that you're a Christian? If you're not, not, there'll never be an easier time to be saved than right now. These, no one in this room going to make fun of you, laugh at you. Everyone will be right with you. As we stand at our feet and she just continues to play for a mo- on the piano for a moment, I'd give opportunity. She'd like to be saved tonight, Brother Mike, but you'd never find a better time than now. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.